You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Today is about intentional steps. Intentional steps that Jesus takes to make himself known, but also the intentional steps that we as a church make to help Jesus be known to others through recognizing our seniors, through recognizing our babies and our youngest among us, and also by recognizing Jesus as our host at the table we're about to enjoy together in this communion meal. So let us hear again from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24, verses 28 through 31. But it's on page 121 of your, of your pew Bibles. We can uh, follow along with the reading um, if you want to follow along out of the Gospel of Luke. So as the disciples and Jesus came near the village to which they were going, called Emmaus, Jesus acted as if he was going to go on farther. But they held him back, saying, Stay with us. The day is almost over and it is getting dark. So he went in to stay with them. He sat down to eat with them took bread and said the blessing and then broke the bread and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock and you are our Redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together. Amen. So when I was a theology major at the University of Sioux Falls, and also when I was a seminarian at Sioux Falls Seminary, I cannot tell you how many different times I was assigned the task for coursework, assigned the task of going to different churches of attending worship at a different place that's a part of a different denomination. And the point of the assignment was always the same. It was always so that we got a rounded idea of the nuances among different denominations. And the story that I'm going to share from, one of those, from just one of those times I had the opportunity to do that came when I was a part of a professional ministries course at University of Sioux Falls being led by Reverend Dennis Toome, our campus pastor. He assigned us the task of going to these different churches to see how worship was led because it was a professional ministries course that dealt a lot with worship leadership. And it was also in a season where I was in concert choir and we happened to be going to sing at two or three different churches during that semester. So I got to do homework without having to do a thing. It was great. So that led us to singing one morning at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And not only did it satisfy the assignment of going and attending church somewhere else, it also satisfied the assignment of showing the nuances between the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and my tradition, the United Methodist Church. And the nuance that stuck out to me the most from that time in worship was around communion. And it was the presence of communion wine. Not unfermented, not grape juice, wine. And when you go up to have a meal and you're expecting grape juice and get wine, I just have to tell you that it's a little bit different. 
it's a little bit different. I am a die-in-the-wool United Methodist. I celebrate the fact that I'm a part of a denomination that very strictly uses grape juice, and if it can be grape juice specifically made by Thomas Bran Branwell Welch, who was a Methodist dentist, that's how Welch's started, um, and then to go from that to wine, it was as if I was experiencing communion for the very first time. And if you're wondering how that could possibly be the case for a die-in-the-wool, self-proclaimed church nerd, let me just tell you that it was the perfect storm of different things. I was in a physically different space doing something that seemed familiar, but at the same time was radically different. It was also right after Easter and our Jesus and the Gospels course had been doing some very compelling reading about the crucifixion. And then to taste the bitterness of wine when you're expecting the sweetness of grape juice, it was different. It was impactful. And the differences were meaningful. It was as if Jesus was being made known to me in a different way. It was as if I was getting a different sense, a bigger sense, of the entire ministry of Jesus the Christ. The bitterness of the communion meal reminded me of all of those painful moments that had to have happened in his life. Those moments in Jesus' life and ministry when his divinity could not shout down his humanity when he felt the weight of what he was doing, felt the weight of what he was going to do, as he felt the weight of death being near. It was all made known to me in the breaking of bread and the sharing of the cup. All made known to me in the nuances of communion. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus would have experienced something similar to what I experienced at Holy Cross Lutheran so long ago. As I talked about earlier, the two disciples had been journeying with this unknown traveler to the village called Emmaus. They have invited him to share the road with them. They have spoken about the events of Holy Week. And they have heard how this unknown traveler has linked together the story of the promises to Abraham, to the story of the Exodus, to the ministry of the prophets, to the ministry of Jesus. They've learned a lot. They've been through a lot. They've noticed nuances that they'd never noticed before. But they still had so many questions. They still had at least one big question. That question being, who exactly is this guy? because they don't know yet. All I know is that this strange man has joined them on the road, and they've had this meaningful conversation, and they don't even know who he is. I mean, we know, because we know the rest of the story, but they don't know until now. Until now. Until Jesus is made known in the and, and Jesus is revealed in the blessing and the breaking and the giving of bread. What we learn from Scripture is that these two disciples, not knowing who this guy is, does not stop them from showing hospitality. 
They reach their destination in the town of Emmaus as the day of resurrection draws to a close and these weary travelers invite their unknown companion to stay. They've just walked seven and a half miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They've just been through this entirely emotional wrecking week. And then they start to do the work of preparing for a house guest. And Jesus acts as if he's going to stop or as, as if he's going to stay or stop and as if he's going to travel on, but he decides to stay. After a long day, after a long week, these road-weary disciples extend hospitality without question or regret. They create a meal together. And when all is set out and all is ready and all is before them, this guest becomes more than a guest. This guest becomes the host. The supper becomes like the communion that I shared at Holy Cross Lutheran so long ago. Something familiar but yet somehow new. Something comfortable but yet unique. Something normal but still somehow unexpected. See, Jesus makes these deliberate moves at the table in order for these disciples to finally realize who he is. And what's interesting to me is that these are the same intentional moves that Jesus made in the upper room only days earlier, at least in the story, And they are the same moves that we rehearse as his people today gathered in his name around this table. The guest becomes the host as he takes the bread and blesses the bread and breaks the bread and then gives it. These are the intentional steps. And these intentional steps at this table are the intentional steps that Jesus has been doing in his entire ministry. We read in Scripture that Jesus blessed the bread. And when we think about blessing, we hearken our minds back to how John the Baptist blessed Jesus with the gift of baptism. And as with his baptism, there is a layer of relenting that has to happen. When Jesus goes to the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist, John the Baptist is the one that thinks that he needs to be baptized by Jesus, not the other way around. But he eventually relents and baptizes Jesus. And at this table in Emmaus, Jesus takes on the role of the host. And on some level, those disciples that, you know, were the owners of the house had to relent to Jesus taking on that role, even though they did not know who he was. What we see in both of those cases is that the blessing leads to the great announcement of Jesus' identity. The blessing needs to happen because Jesus is made known through the blessing. And then we read that Jesus broke the bread. Jesus broke the bread as he did with the disciples in the upper room and as he promises that we will do with him in the fullness of God's kingdom. 
He broke the bread just as his body was broken on the cross. When it comes to crucifixion, most people that are crucified suffered for days. And during their time on the cross, they cried out their miseries and served as a warning to those that were traveling by. But as you might remember from the Gospels, Jesus lasted three hours on the cross. Barely enough time to have that same warning sign be made known. And the reason why is because Jesus was beaten before he got to the cross. We read in Scripture that he was flogged and mocked and spat upon and then sentenced to die. He was raised into the place of crucifixion and death would have happened quickly because his body was already broken. And as he said to his disciples, his body is broken for you and broken for me. And then Jesus freely gives the broken bread to the disciples. He shares the meal with them on that, at that table at Emmaus. And he does that because he wants so badly for them to finally realize what's going on. He wants so badly for them to get it, to know who he is. In the same way, Jesus freely gave his life over to his accusers and climbed the hill to the place of the skull called Golgotha. And what is so interesting to me is that after Jesus' death, the Roman centurion that is there with him proclaims that this truly is the Son of God. When his body is broken and when his body is freely given up for us, the realization happens. His, their eyes are opened. They are completely convinced. In giving his life, in giving this body, Jesus' identity is made wholly known. And after all that unfolded in Jesus' ministry, after all that unfolded on the way to the cross, after all that has unfolded in their time together, the disciples finally have their answer. They've been wondering this entire time, who is this guy? And now they know. I just got to ask you, are you relieved to know who Jesus is? Are you as relieved to know who Jesus is as these disciples finally were in Scripture? The rumors of the resurrection that they heard at the start of the day are finally made fact. The rumors are proven to be true. As Jesus took the bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it. Jesus is made known as we gather at this table together too. So let me ask you this this morning, how exactly are you expecting to meet Jesus today? What impact is Jesus going to have on you as we rehearse the familiar story, as we share the bread and cup, as we, as we partake of these elements? Does this familiar communion meal still have the ability to catch us off guard and enliven our hopes? And I doubt that any of us will be surprised by the flavor of what's going on because we're in a United Methodist Church and we very strictly use grape juice. So no wine, don't worry. 
but we serve an open table where any and all are welcome, and so we use grape juice. But today, but each time we participate in this holy meal, we have the opportunity to fully know who Jesus is. And we have the opportunity to be fully known by him. It is Jesus who is our host. It is Jesus who, even on this day, it is Jesus who blesses and breaks and gives so that we might live and live in his name. Would you pray with me? Holy Jesus, we give you thanks for the ways that you have made yourself known to us. The myriad of experiences that we've had in our lives that have led us to this moment, to this place. We give you thanks for those whom we've celebrated today through our cradle rocking and through our graduate recognition and whom we've lifted to you in, in prayer this morning. Make yourself known to us. Inspire us to live in the light of who you are. Meet us so that we may live life in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.